So today, today, it's about um, platform over country. Mm-hmm. No. So tell me when you when you hear that phrase, what comes to your mind? So when I hear the the thing of platform over country, I can say network over country. And it's the question in a human being's life, what affects you the most? The country you were born in or the network you're part of? No. And uh, define network. Define what? Network. Network. Network is the people you know, um, and through the people you know, the messages you've been exposed to, mm. which defines the way you look at your other human beings and the way you look at the world. Mm. Um, it's your role models somehow, or the people you go through, you go to, even if realizing it, just to make sense of when things are not making sense in your life, you know? And so I ask myself that question, what is, what affects you the most? And what defines a human being? Is a human being more defined by the country he was born in or by the network he's part of? Um, and the more I think of that, the more it becomes clearer. I think if everybody looks at, at our own life, I would say that the network is more important than the country. Mm. You know? Because even within one country, let's say the difference between you and someone else will be what network you're part of. Right. But you can be part of an international network of people that think the same and you transit through the world through that network. For example, I was talking to a friend of mine who lives in New York. He's an entrepreneur. He has a biotech company and he was talking to investors here in New York because he lives in New York and from time to time traveling to the West Coast, to San Francisco to talk to investors. And he was telling me it's incredible how, for example, in San Francisco, people understand faster my business model than the investors here in New York. Right. And he decided to move his whole family. I mean, with two kids, just to be part of that network, mm. you know, because he was telling me that even though going back and forth, he made friends, but to actually really build that level of trust right? so um, he can be completely open and have people that support him to actually make his company grow he needs to be part there he needs to have real estate there he needs to be you know so committed exactly and that commitment he said um of course we were talking about it because we both share that same understanding you know and because it's spending time with those people uh the people you know that you they can help you figure out things you're not figuring out yourself 
and it's like a loop because it's each person helping the other so when you value that type of relationship you you end up like moving your physical body to that place mm. so you can spend more time with those people that have the same question that you have or have the same you know um energy to build the type of things that you're looking at it's tribal instinct tribal instinct yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a nice way to look at it because i think and i and we can go a lot deeper into this but I think ingrained is us all as human beings through evolution. We still have the tribal instincts yeah. of our ancestors. And, and I think a huge part of the problem in society today is, is losing that or losing the outlet for that. And I think a lot of the time subconsciously we search for that, which is also a, a big part of why people join gangs or terrorist organizations or it's that longing to be the part community? of a community got it and but it's 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 something that and it's not valued to i don't think it's it's something that that it's encouraged or necessarily valued or something we even really learn about anymore mm -hmm. growing up and i just think it's such a fundamental part of who we are as human beings that when it's a force for good it's it's a great force for good mm -hmm. But so much of of us as human beings being lost in the world is, is searching for that community. And so when we find it, mm. like in the case of your friend, we just latch on. Because exactly. suddenly things that didn't make sense make sense. And we realize that we can't always do it alone. Mm -hmm. That we're, we're, we are somehow part of a team. That's, that's so interesting. Mm. You know? That's so interesting. Because... I see. I, I remember as I grew up, as I grew up studying, you study countries. Sure. And and you understand that there are certain countries that are more advanced than others, and uh, there are certain places things happen, and certain other places things don't happen that fast in terms of wealth creation or creativity or all those things. And as I transit through life, this is very personal for me I understood that it's the people you meet <laughs> that can make a huge huge shift in what your life is about and I'm not thinking in terms of okay s definition of success but just even accepting where you are mm. okay which is a which is called wisdom <laughs> which is accepting life for what it is that has absolutely nothing to do with the country you were born in but more has to do with the people you you met in your life right to help you understand how to deal with that you know um how to deal with reality the way it is instead of always trying to chase something that we think is reality but it's not and how to be okay with that you know Th those are those are things that you find through networks when i mean networks through people that have gone through that themselves mm. and by you being around them and you sharing with them you get a little of that sometimes you know sometimes i've met people and 10 years later i understood something they told me because I w i'm going through it at that moment mm. and then what they told me made sense to me you know and i say if i've never met those people at that moment, 
I would have missed that understanding. Um, so that makes me go back, you know, Warren Buffett always said that he was lucky to be born in the United States because what he knows how to do is to pick uh, great companies. Mm -hmm. And there is nowhere else in the world where that skill is really well compensated because on average, if you've been in any other stock market in the world, you would have, and your job is to pick great companies, you would less likely be successful uh, compared to if you do that in the United States. And so when I grew, when I was younger, I thought that made a lot of sense. And now for me, it makes less and less sense because I think he was lucky to has to have his dad rather than being born in the United States because there are many people born in the United States but they're not Warren Buffett mm. because what he was really lucky about is that his dad was a congressman and with an incredible work ethic mm. that very young in life he knew those two things which is value people and value hard work which is the real the two message that he has you know and because of his dad's network he went to a good school as well you know what i mean and then through school meeting people he read certain books but books are available but it's not enough to have the books you need someone to explain to you the hidden meaning behind everything and that's always part of a network. That's why he understood that. And the books he loved the most, he found the people who wrote it to teach him how to invest. Again, which is value investing. But again, it's about network. It's about him being able to have access to those networks. Mm. And let's forget country. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't matter where you're born. You need to find the networks that help you develop whatever you're looking to develop. Yeah. And you will find your way around cities because he was born in the city he was born, but he studied in Pennsylvania and he studied in New York. You understand? And then he went back to his hometown. But the point is, once you're part of that network, then it doesn't matter where you live. But at the beginning, you need to be meeting people, understanding those different... Uh, angle of life and understand how to be part of something mm. <laughs> you know and the more I understand that the more I understand how important it is imagine if someone like Warren Buffett could be born anywhere else in the world or someone like Mozart uh, I think of Mozart. So we always think of this boy genius. Yeah, but he was a boy genius because his dad was already a great artist. And his dad was already playing in the courts in Europe. So from a very young age, his dad said, I'm going to make him a great artist so very young I can introduce him to the courts in Europe. Imagine if he wasn't part of his dad's network. How many Mozart are born there and we don't 
ever listen absolutely and hear about them and i see that a lot in my work in in you know war torn places and things I, i meet brilliant people people that have you know, a way better work ethic than even I have mm-hmm. or uh, far more committed to to certain things, but they just, they don't have the opportunity. There is no way out for them. Yeah. And it is, it's heartbreaking and, and it's something that we have to value in, we can say a lot of these things because we, we do come from a place of privilege in where we live that a lot of people just don't, don't have and you know I, and it's a shame but the, you know it's the way the world works it's not a fair place but you know even in the microcosm that is the United States so much of it has to do with your zip code where you're going to go to school what wh- you know what education you're going to end up with it has to do with what part of the zoning <laughs> in a town that, that you course. happen to live in yes and and that's sort of where it all starts. So we still have, um, you know, many problems here in that respect. And so much of society even now is really built on, again, it's it's connections and network. And oftentimes it's not the best people who are who are put in charge of leadership of companies. It's it's literally they inherited it because maybe their father worked hard, and they inherited running a massive corporation or a publishing house and it's it's nothing to do and it's frustrating for the the people because i that that maybe do have the talent or the ethics or the ability but unless you happen to be born into the right name or have those privileged connections your potential may never be realized and that's the reality of the world that we live in yes it's like so one of the things I've learned through life is value more what is not physical. Okay, that may sound crazy what I'm saying of in course. terms of doesn't make sense, but I'm with you. I value much more what is not physical than what is physical. And, I'll, and, I, and, and I'm very practical about it. You know, it's like when someone say, what is your asset? Okay, and they start naming the things they own things physical things say my house is worth that my (laughs) my stocks is worth that and i have so much cash in my bank account okay but for me much more valuable than all those things is being part of the right network of people why is that a difference because if you inherited a bunch of money and you don't have the right messages you will lose it in less than a year because whatever you have is because you can sustain it and most of the things you sustain is because of the messages you receive and the help you receive from everyone around you that means it's much more important to be part of a good network than having a good net worth (laughs) Mm. you know because Money is just an expression of what you understand, Mm -hmm. the way I look at it. You know, the things you have are just a reflection of how useful you are within that network. And it has not so much to do with um, capacity. You know, 
I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just looking at the way things are. Uh, because to build that trust, to be part of that network, there are relationships that needs to be built. There are uh, you owe me, I owe you type of things <laughs> that are not written anywhere. And those are the type of things that I say are much more valuable than having real assets. Um, so I see myself on this planet as a human being and I understand that the most important asset is human creativity. Okay, for me that is the most important asset. It's because everything else we see is just an expression of that. And I think the biggest risk for humanity is having people with incredible talent but not being able to be part of the right network mm. so we can all profit from that talent. Imagine someone is a basketball player. If you don't if you don't get to the NBA, I mean whatever you brought with you you won't make any money with it but yeah. it's not just about making money with it you imagine the whole industry around an athlete mm. so many people getting joy and also getting a way of life mm. and able to you know feel to passionate about something exactly to follow it to um to care deeply about it you know for me it's it's a little foreign because I always find it challenging to understand how people can be so invested in something that doesn't affect their day-to-day -day life whatsoever. <laughs> but I have learned to appreciate it as a unifier for, yes. for people and to feel, again, you go back to feeling part of a community. Yes. You want to feel part of, a, of a, a cluster and a crowd of people where you can share a mutual connection because you're both going for the same team. Exactly. And it's the tribal mentality of fighting against the enemy and you know, backing something and supporting something. And I think it's that it's again, it's that real human instinct, um, you know, to, to to look outside ourselves. It's not just an entertainment, but it's a, it's a really deep seated, uh, passionate investment in in being part of a community. Exactly. And and you imagine so the people running those big networks because that's how you can look at, for example, just say the NBA or the NFL or baseball. You know, making sure that the right talent are at the right places. You know, you can be born anywhere in the world, but you have to make your way into yeah. that network to actually, whatever you are as a talent, can make money with it. Because if you're not part of that network, yeah, that... And that goes with saying with pretty much anything. I'm sure mm -hmm. there are just there are um, so many amazing singers out there. I'm yes. sure there are amazing writers out there. There are an amazing um, creatives out there that, that'll never see the light of day because they will never get their work in front of the right person and that comes from just not not being in a place or having the connections or the ability or the finances or whatever it's going to take to be seen and it's about that visibility and it's 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 really tough it is tough it's a tough grind because so much talent is wasted but it's it's an unfortunate way of life and you know you could say that's one great thing about sort of the technological advances of today, whether it's YouTube or other things, is it's a it's a platform for people if they have that access and have that, and still a lot of people don't, but if they have that access and, and ability to somehow navigate that 
online world, then they can get themselves or their work in front of a much broader scope of audience that previously, you know, at least when I was growing up, that never existed. <laughs> totally. So your network will define much more whatever impact you have on yourself and in the world. And even if when you look at a country, most successful countries are the one that they call upward mobility, which is it doesn't matter where you were born, but you can navigate yourself around and change network where what you have can be better expressed and make money with it. And societies that are more rigid about it um, usually tend to not develop that fast. So the good thing about it, because when I'm saying, okay, if it's network over country, and technology actually is that network. If we look at the internet, which is the web of web, it's the network of network, you know? Um, and I think technology has a good, in that sense, in terms of building networks of ideas, networks of resources, networks of time, because in the end it's time and energy, everything, you keep pushing, you end up being, it's a question of, do I have enough energy or do I have enough time to find a solution or to solve what I need to solve? I think those things will, will create an incredible outcome that we don't even see because human creativity is unlimited. And when you can connect to the right network, that means the right people stimulating you without having to move physically there, that you can still create those same connections and receive the same messages, we will be surprised of <laughs> how much more potential we had. It's like, I, I, see, I see this like um, you're sitting on a gold mine, but you don't have the tools to take the gold out. Mm. So for me, human creativity is unlimited. What we don't have yet is an efficient way to wherever you are to put you on the right track, on the right network. Because this is how we get out of the mess we're in. Because I see it as a capacity problem that, you know, I always go back to the concept of entropy, which is pretty simple, which is like aging. In life, as time goes by, things decay, you know? Um, if you're living in a house, the older the house, more work you need to do to keep the house clean, more work you need to do to keep the house beautiful. Our reality as human beings is to take care of 8 billion people, it becomes more and more complex. But we have the capacity to do it, but to solve it, what you need to do is to use better resources. And our resources is human creativity, but the way things are not right now, we have so much capacity out of the right networks. So even we have incredible talent and incredible potentiality, it's worth zero as long as you put it on the network and we can all benefit from those talents. And we can take those people and train them to be even better at what they receive naturally. You know, because when you look at the human race, the reason we survive is because 
each individual can randomly have the solution for what we're looking for. Mm. And our job is to make sure that wherever that solution is, you connect it in the time you have where the problem is. This is how you survive in your life, in your community, and on this planet. Because if each human being knows something that is different than the human being next to him, when I need that knowledge, I have to be able to apply it where it's needed, mm. wherever that is, and with the least amount of energy necessary to make that connection. Mm. This is how you solve problems. And this is where I see we're going. And I think we solve problems to solve problems, you know, especially now, you know, living in New York City where it's it's a lot of hustle and bustle. There's a different layer of concentration that's required to mm -hmm. tune out a lot of the external distractions yes. that plague us. And time management is a difficult thing. It's a difficult thing, but to really solve problems, we need to approach them with a clear head. And that's that's a big struggle in our modern world is is getting to a place where we can block out what doesn't matter, block out the anxieties, block out the pressures, block out the the things that aren't going to get us to, to solving the problem at that point and approaching something with a clear head. And that's, that's a struggle in today's world. It really is. It's something I struggle with. Um, I think there's, just, there's so much going on and, and to, to be in a place where I can concentrate requires a simplicity that I think is, is hard to come by and we have to consciously look for it. Yes, it, it has always been a privilege to have clarity. Sure. You know, and sometimes we forget that, but in all the teachings, however you want to look at it, clarity is the m most important treasure because when you have clarity, you have everything else. And to keep that clarity is going against distraction. The distraction that take your energy out of what is important. And again, just to repeat myself, because we're on, on the subject of network or platform over country, those type of understanding, you will get them based on if you've crossed your life with people who learn how to do that understanding how to fight those distractions in a way so you can still connect to the clarity you need for your life. You know, it's like, I always see people underestimate that they're fighting social media. I mean, social media is an algorithm that his job, and I'm not naming just one, the whole concept of using algorithm to, to catch my, my, my attention. That's energy. Even if I'm not looking at it, that's an energy that I'm fighting against a machine that is trying to show me something useless. And I'm using my vital energy to actually be able to love my wife or my kid or my neighbor because I don't have that energy anymore. Mm. Because I lost it into that machine that took it out of me. Mm. But not to say that the machine is wrong. I mean, it's a design problem. But like I'm saying, that same machine with the right purpose actually can help me connect to the right person to actually feel better if that was the objective <laughs> you know if that was the objective uh, or 
a smart kid wherever he is in the world. That's why I, 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 I'm so excited about all those online teaching platforms. Mm, I think they're amazing too. You understand? There was a time that you needed to go to the Boston area or you needed to go to Saint, whatever to be part of the great education. Right now, you can be anywhere in the world and mm -hmm. you'll have that education. Mm -hmm. If you're curious and you're focused, and usually people who don't have much are usually more curious and more focused because they have a reason to and less distraction. Right. <laughs> so wherever you are, that talent can be actually channeled to solve problems. You know, it's the world is becoming less and less limiting in that sense, less and less limiting in that sense. But also there's the other danger because you have more algorithm trying to distract you more and more. So I don't think it's a question of balance. I think it's a question of making a, a conscious decision of design. How do I use technology for? For good. Exactly. And good meaning survival for me. You know, good meaning every life matters. Mm -hmm. I'm very strict about that. Whenever someone tells me for the greater good of you have to go, I don't, how do you pick the few that have to go? <laughs> oh, you mean like social Darwinism sort of what thing? If, what exactly? Right. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I get, I get told that a lot. Oh, my I God. Go, you know, that's... No, no, for me... I, I, can, I can acknowledge where it's coming from. I understand. I can acknowledge where it's coming from, and I, and I, can, I can empathize with that point of view, but I also think it's a, it's a lazy... It's a lazy exactly. answer. And, and just to segue of that, from my own experiences... As a war reporter, one of the, the most frustrating things that I hear all too often from people is this idea that, well, there are just some societies that have to live under a dictatorship because that's the only way that they can keep them in check. I've heard that. And I just think that is the most bigoted, lazy answer from a place of privilege. Mm -hmm. For you to say that about somebody else whose society, I mean... That, that just shows where you, your position in the world. And I think that that is just, you know, who are you to say that, that not everybody's entitled to live under, I'm not going to say democracy, but something that with a little bit more personal freedom. I just think it's just the laziest answer that, that politicians and different people can come up with because they can't come up with a solution. Yes. Yes. I, I, I You know, the thing is, I, that, that subject, I have so many conversations with friends living all around the world about it. And it's the concept that certain people can understand freedom and certain people cannot. You know, it's like there, there is that concept. So, but that has been already solved. You know, Maslow has a pyramid of it. If you have a country with a bunch of people who cannot eat, well, they don't understand the value of freedom yet because they Their cannot basic eat. Instincts exactly. Of survival are not met. You understand? So they don't even have enough energy to understand what you're talking about. So as long as you keep within a certain geography people with not enough energy or enough security mm. around them, mm. oh, it's totally that you need another beast to be managing them right. because they're close to a beast as well. Because we don't have to forget that human being, what we see ourselves as is because of our environment. If you take away physical security, food security, health security, we become another animal. 
But as you provide that more and more, the brain relaxes <laughs> and he can all start to think about self-realization and other things and freedom becomes one of them. It's the concept that we are kind. Human being becomes kinder as your security is higher. That means when you don't have to worry about what you're going to eat, when you don't have to worry about if I'm healthy, am I going to be treated or not? You start caring more about the other person mm. because those things are taken care of. Mm. You start caring more about freedom and you become kinder. So go again. You take that away, all of a sudden that caring person living in New York because he's afraid of a disease, wi disease which is attacking his health, he becomes less caring because he survival instincts goes first. Mm. So whenever I It's also survival instincts for your tribe. That is your family, exactly. that is your children, your parents, your people around you. You develop the survival instinct that I think, oh my God, if I get it, they're going to get it. And then, you know, and then, uh, so the, I, st I still think the tribal part of it comes in. Yes. The, the, what you call your network, what you yeah. understand that is responsible yeah. for you. So the thing is, a lot of the violence we see in the world for me is just people not eating. Because Absolutely. if they eat enough and their security is taken care of and their health is taken care of, they start worrying about freedom now. They start worrying about other, other level of cognition that the brain doesn't have access because you don't have enough energy. Mm. Okay, So that's why it's so important the network you're part of because based on the network, you can be in the same country, but when you're in certain network, they take care of certain things for you. Mm. So you become that other part of that human being that you couldn't have access because you didn't have enough energy if you need to take care of everything for yourself. Right. You know, it's like I'm always saying, why instead of helping someone else, why don't I help them become themselves? Mm -hmm. That way I have to work less. Here's you know? an interesting way of reversing, and this is something <laughs> I think we've lost a lot of in Western societies. I again, going back to that network, so when I work in a lot of war-torn places, whether it's Afghanistan or Iraq or something, there's this sort of idea, I mean, A, you would never, you know, food is difficult if you're, if you're struggling, but, but people just sh share, you know, it doesn't matter if you have five kids or ten kids. Yeah. The kids will never, you know, if you're in a decent enough family, you'll never go hungry because your neighbors will always give you food. Yeah. Your extended family is, it's just, it's a sharing kind of culture, even the way the... The uh, you know the place the, the the mat is put on the floor and all the food is put out and everybody you know takes their share and that's just the way it is. Yes. You never have to worry about those kind of basic because it's very communal. Whereas here we don't sort of have that family orientation. We don't have we're far more isolated. We don't have that that community sensibility, and so therefore you know f food is is something. That, that becomes a point of struggle for a lot of people. It becomes a point of concern. Um, the things that aren't taken care of in our society are the things that we fixate on. And ironically, it's in a lot of these poor places that really have the, the strongest sense of, of communal values and, and never letting their neighbor go hungry or never letting those things get in the way that of all the things that we stress about here mm -hmm. in our modern lives. And I and I I think it's a shame that we've just lost that 
that sensibility. We're a very isolated culture. And you look at the suicide rates here. They're just astronomic. There's something like 120 people in the United States that take their lives every single day. It's shockingly high. When I read the statistic recently on something, I was just... I was just shocked, but we don't hear about it. It doesn't make the news. But so much of that is because people are just isolated and they're lost and the older you get. And that's the interesting thing is that it's most, mostly male, you know, men over the age of 60 that are killing themselves. And it's because the older you get, the more of your network dies away or that you lose and you become more isolated and you lose you are on your own. You have to fight and survive and it's tough because you don't have anybody that you can really rely on. And I just think if we all took more time to have that sense of, of tribe and community, just what a difference it would make to people's mental health. The thing is, like you said, human being needs to know that they're part of something. Whatever that something is, yeah, and they're va- they're a value, and that what they do have an impact on someone else, and they need to see it, and they need to feel it. That if they're not around, something is missing. Now, the thing, the funny thing about it, when you look at modern society, the way the economy works, we actually need each other at no, a more complex level. You understand? Actually, the reason I can go to a supermarket and buy food is because there is a whole logistic based on each other helping each other to get that food to my fridge. But we lost that connection. But that doesn't mean the connection is lost because if there is no connection within a network, I will die. Because someone has to plant that food, treat it a certain way, put it on a truck, get it in a warehouse, and I can just go to the supermarket and buy it. Mm. So it's not that that network disappeared. My understanding of it becomes more abstract. Mm. And I don't realize how me driving that bus is actually helping the whole country to eat every day. No one helped me make that connection anymore because I just see myself driving a truck. Mm. But in reality, modern society are actually wealthier because they're more connected but at a more abstract level that we don't really see as a human being because our brain doesn't doesn't make the connection Mm. so not naturally i mean the universe is telling us the way you see galaxy connected the more connected you are the higher probability of survival because you have a higher probability of finding the right answers within your network I read something that reminds me. I read something interesting this morning. When you get the answers, the questions change. Exactly that. Mm. Exactly that. Because you unblock the next question. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and this is the beauty of learning. This is the beauty of learning. But you get to the answer through your network. Mm. Whatever you want to call that network. So right now with social media, with the web, my network becomes bigger Mm. but i need i still need to find my way in it because people think the internet is neutral internet is not neutral and it's clearly becoming less neutral as it goes on it's totally not neutral when i ask a question when i let's say to use the word that i use any search engine there is an algorithm that decide how to present to me the information Mm. so usually when i ask a question 
the answer is this is what everyone else is thinking. So, but you know, when it comes up, like Google will come up with those sort of ten. You, know, you might type someone's name in, and then Google comes up with sort of automatic the ten biggest searches of that. You know, yes. it, it thinks it's going to say, and some of it is so erroneous. But it, it's been sued over it. Exactly, before. but but it's, it's not only Google. It's the way the indexing, yeah. it's the ex indexing algorithm, answers you when you ask a question. The answer is this is what most people think is the answer, so this is right, which is probably wrong. You understand? It's like the fact that many people think of something that doesn't mean it's real or that it's right. No, but then it perpetuates what's something that's incorrect. There you go. So. That's why it's not neutral. Whenever I ask a question, or if I use another platform, I say how I ask a question, the answer will say, "This is what your friends are thinking." Mm. This is the answer. Yeah, but if I have the wrong friends, they're all thinking the wrong answer for the problem I have in front of me right now because we can deal with it, so I don't get to the answer. So again, internet is not neutral. So that means today, I think the most important skill is to know how to navigate <laughs> through those walls that we don't see that are trying to force us through a certain answer when the answer can be somewhere else. You know, that, that ability of critical thinking, of understanding why would most people think that is the right answer, but in reality it's not, and understand how those algorithms are working. Because if you have an answer, a question and you keep Googling that answer, you will come with the same answer that everybody is thinking is the answer, even if it's wrong. But it, it's not a question of Google. It's a question of how the algorithms work, you know? And those are where I say we need more conscious design in how we use those algorithms in our life. Um, and understanding that, again, is part of your network because if you're part of a network of people who understand how those algorithms work, you might most likely will know how to get away from uh, that bias. But if you don't know how it works you'll never understand that there was a bias put on you before asking a question again. Mm. Um, and, and that's why I, I, I've, I'm so excited about all the possibilities that those networks or platforms will provide for each human being, each individual. Um, but I'm very conscious of purposeful design when you're building those platforms, when you're building those networks. Because I, I think... Um, and that's where it comes when I say it's platform over country or network over country. I think humanity's survival depends much more on how those technological possibilities of creating network over countries find the answers faster, you know, because... Um, Countries coordinating answers as a certain speed, but individual coordinating answers through a network that move faster, I mean, we have a higher level of survivalship in terms of community. So um, if I'm here in New York and the person that has the answer is in a little town with two people, the faster I can connect to that person, to the answer I'm looking for, the higher the probability of me surviving because I'm solving my problem. And those go beyond country because I don't really care where that person is. All I need to know, is that person part of a trust network that I can trust the network that that person is on that network? 
And I think that's more and more what will make us go faster, which is the ability to use technology to create trust, to create connections, and to connect questions with answers faster than you could do in the physical world. You know, it's like, the more I understand that, it's like, for example, I use LinkedIn a lot. Yeah, I have all the social media. LinkedIn is the most valuable to me. You understand? So I you know what? It doesn't have all the BS about personal lives and people aren't posting what they're eating and posting about their love life and all that noise and all that stuff that you really should keep offline. Exactly. LinkedIn is strictly about business. And anytime somebody starts messaging me, you know, it happens from time to time that I think it's not appropriate for LinkedIn, I, they're gone. Deleted. They're, yes. Because this is a business platform. This isn't a dating online forum, exactly. you know. So I, I really appreciate LinkedIn too. And I, it's, it's helped me tremendously with, with my work and my yes. connections. For example, sometimes I'm struggling with a question. I just look through my LinkedIn. Who is researching that? And out of the blank, I say, hey, what do you think of this? And because, like you said, it's a serious platform, they can look at my or they can see, oh, this is the guy is, is trying to solve this thing. And I, great, I got great answers, mm. you know, and having great conversation with people anywhere in the world just because they can help me solve something. But it's still not as deep as I would want to because you still have to meet the person and then create that relationship and create that bond until you get the full extension of their knowledge open to you. But at least I've... I find it a very good first step, you know, a very good first step because you can actually see what they're about, you know, what they're trying to solve. Um, but, uh, but again, I think this is just the beginning <laughs> of how this will look like. Uh, because even when I look at LinkedIn, it's, there's so much more that can be done on top of that. And I'm pretty excited about, about the things. I mean, and, and this is my great personal bet in human potential, you know, is I define the most important resource as creativity of human being. That's why I value life. I value each second of a human being's life mm. because that's what creates that inf connection with the infinite because physical things are limited. It's when you put ideas on physical things, you create unexpected the unexpected always comes through a human being's idea, through a human being pushing beyond what he knows. So my personal bet is that our biggest resource is human creativity, wherever that human being is. And what we need to fight is cosmic entropy and time. So I have enormous faith, not faith, it's like understanding of developing better networks through algorithms mm. to allocate time answers and matching with questions is how we solve uh, the mess we're in mm. you know and this is like a personal commitment based on understanding it's it's not a it's not a wishful thinking anymore you know and and, and this is the best we've built so far the ability to connect network faster than countries you know, faster than where you were born today. Mm. You look at someone like, like you were saying, Justin Bieber, you know. Mm. It was in Canada, a, a young guy singing, and then the network took him and they made a famous guy of him. Yeah, that was Asha. Asha discovered him. Exactly. You know, so all those things are real. Um, but we, and, and 
when I hear, so at allocation level, all those biases in the system, there are biases because the people you know will define much more what impact you have in life than what you know. Mm. You know, it's like you can have a great idea, but if you, if you just knock, send an email to investors, they will never give you money. Right. You you need a proper introduction. What does that mean? Nothing. Just I just trust this guy. Yeah. So there we need better ways to solve those things. Yeah. <laughs> you know and, what I and mean? And people are gonna pay a lot more attention to something when it comes from somebody they know. Exactly. Than somebody cold calling. Exactly. So you don't have to blame, it's just the way it is. So those are the things we need to solve because what happened is that's if, why people have agents. That's why people have representation. Uh, uh, it's because go. those people are uh, inbuilt with the contacts. It becomes gatekeepers. And that's why, yeah, they, they're the gatekeepers. And, exactly. And it, you're, you're relying on their relationships and they're relying on your talent to make it, a living. Exactly. Which is nothing wrong with that. From a design point of view. It gate, works quite effectively. It, exactly. But it becomes a problem when you have, when you have an output problem. Because yeah. what happens is you have way more talent out there wanting to get in but the gatekeepers don't know how to deal with that amount of right. number. So this is where I see we have no clue how powerful uh, creativity is in human being because we don't have the system yet to deal with it. Mm. So, you know, it's like most companies. So when you look at a, a, a point of view of strategic investment, okay, if I'm, if I'm a big boss at a big company and I have access to resources, but um, I have very little creativity inside my company because my system works so well that people know what they have to do. Well, that's the unfortunate structure of corporate America now. Exactly. Yeah. So people know what they have to do. They don't have to create too much. They just have to be efficient. Okay. So the way strategic investment is really used is so when a young company is coming with a technology that can disrupt me, so me as the big boss, my best decision is buy them to close them. Because by doing that, I keep my system running as the best system out there. Okay, so there is an understanding that using acquisition of technology as a defensive move is okay, but the consequence is that we're killing creativity. Because again, by being part of the existing design, I am being a gatekeeper to new design. Mm. So. This is why I'm so optimistic about the future because I understand less centralized design will help solve those type of problems, you know, because you will have groups that um, will emerge and connect to a bigger network and still sharing those type of creativity without being destroyed within the one ruling the existing system. You know, it's like um, if you have small um, group of companies being able to create a product until the end and being able to create niche product and niche market and develop market before being acquired by the existing player in the market, those will create better solution, more solution, and even more wealth. Today, it's impossible to do it. Uh, because of the way resource allocation is managed from a point of view of how where do you get money but those are those are the places where I see technology is going to solve them you know and I'm really optimistic because I have children and 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 I understand the struggle we're going through now and and I look at my children and I'm optimistic about mm -hmm. that because I see 
in my work, especially, and I say, if I'm thinking how to solve those things and I'm building them, so I know there's a lot of people thinking the same way. And, and it will be solved. It will be solved because technology used with purpose to connect networks is what will <laughs> create uh, the unexpected mm. in a positive way, you know? Um, because you understand that what you need is each human being to express themselves to the fullest because if each human being express themselves to the fullest, the network becomes more powerful because I have less copycat. So each individual becomes a real contributor and, and the algorithms are more able to find that unique contributor and match it to the real problem that we need to solve mm. one by one. So when I start talking about these things, they look a little abstract <laughs> from, from the angle of design, but it's as simple as if I go on Amazon, how do I find a product I want? Right. You know? So this is an incredible network solution because all of a sudden, I know one place where I have one question, I find a physical answer, which right. is Amazon. Right. But in reality, Amazon, I don't look at it as a company. I look at it as a network that gives me physical solutions. Right. You know, so the internet is still biased because when I ask a question, I don't find the answer I'm looking for. Right. I most likely will find the answer everybody thinks is the answer or what right. my friends are thinking. Okay, those are the type of things we will start solving with algorithms. Right. How when an individual asks a specific question, how do I know how to answer them better? Right. Based on that individual asking that question rather than what everyone else is asking. But I mean, think how far it's even come anyway, you know. It's come a long way. Exactly. It will continue to go a long way it and it will continue to develop and who knows what where it will be in two or three years. Yes. And, and those things, they jump, you know, they're yeah. quantum leaps. They're, they don't go like linearly. It's, it's exponential. And the brain doesn't understand how to deal with exponential. You know? right. It's like you wake up, boom. Oh, wow. Now we have a solution. Yeah, the solution was there all along, but it's just it took time to make the connections. Right. And, and I think the, this is where I see our survivorship rate as human being become better and better is through network technology right you know network technology and using artificial intelligence and algorithms to help manage better networked better connecting solution with problems this is where i see things things are very optimistic from my point of view right no i agree with you i mean yeah it's going to be an interesting conversation to revisit in a year or two probably probably yeah. We're talking about all these things that we didn't even know exist, you know, things that aren't at all in our lives now that will likely be very prevalent in our lives in a couple of years' time. Yes, and hopefully to make us care more about each other, I hope so, so we too. can value each other more. I hope so too. Yes. Yeah, and just basic civility and kindness is something I try to impress. You know, if I use my social media for anything, that's the message the, the simple message i just want people to remember to take care of each other and we all have uh, differences but we all have a lot that unites us and um and there's just no place to to perpetuate hate and nastiness that i see too much of and that's yeah. uh you know we can all play a small part in making other people's lives even strangers lives um better every day yeah and We've just lost that 
train of thought and if I can do anything it's to remind people of that exactly you know the the, the infinite power in human creativity mm-hmm. and how much good you can do to anyone's life yeah. just by helping them finding an answer by a simple smile <laughs> exactly. and, and a, uh, some support often yeah. it's just support we need yeah. we need to know that yeah. you know we're on the right track and that's it that's beautiful